Yes, we can carry it. Ah. You can fly the aircraft carrier. Don't you know that I'm making better? Ah. I'm lean. My pockets getting fat, getting fat. Welcome to the Wone Football Podcast, brought to you live from Brooklyn, where the leaves are changing, but my fantasy luck is not. Let's get ready to bumble! Oh, I thought we weren't doing that anymore. Nah, you're not, but everyone else hit me up on Bumble. I heard the new one is Hinge. Is that the new one? Yeah, and for the crazy people, Unhinged. I've been I've been putting in work on J-Swipe. Wow. I'm sure they would love the old operation. Hey, I, I I put them on the table, if that's what you mean, dog. And uh, I don't know why we started off like this. Yeah, I'm nowhere not- near. I, I I don't have. I don't even have a smartphone. So unfortunately for all you guys, all you ladies out there, wanting to get to know me, phone. I'm just gonna have to to come up and introduce yourself. Catch me on the flip phone. <laughs> What's going on today? We're co- recording this on a Friday, like less than less than about fifteen hours for before the next game week. So Ooh. perfect time for the game week recap from last week. Can't wait for the next game week. For all of uh, got a big matchup in this game week coming up: Arsenal versus Liverpool. That's a game that I've been waiting for for a while now. Can't two wait. two styles that are pretty similar, I would say. I'm hoping that we see like a Arsenal Chelsea type of game where it was. Back and forth, because I feel like a lot of the marquee matchups so far this season have been a little schlackluster. I feel like that's just how marquee matchups are. Not always. There's, there was a good one last year between Man City and Liverpool. I think it ended like 4-3 or something. Yeah. That was a dope one. A lot of these early season marquee matchups, I don't know. Like A lot of teams are going into them. Neither team wants to lose right now. Yeah, for uh, sure. But nobody wants to lose any ground and... I hope it's like the Chelsea Arsenal one, like you said, except for the final result. Yeah, for sure. And I'm I'm actually put a I put five bucks on Arsenal to win by five. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there no, we I go. didn't. But I'm sure Harry got the odds somewhere. Hit me Harry's up, Harry. Let me odds. know what the odds are. Let me get on that Buffalo account or whatever uh, it's called. What else is going on? What's, dude? Where you been? We got a. <laughs> how are you doing in your in your uh, fantasy political lineup? Oh man, I've got Andrew Gillum. Starting as forward, but nice. he is a DMF, so I might. I don't know. I can't. I can't really start him on on in defense because of how red Florida is. Right. So well, I'm gonna I'm, have to. I'm gonna have to stick him in as a forward. I don't want to lose any of the clean sheet points, but I could just stick him in as a midfielder because if we do get that clean sheet, I hate get to cool say one it, point. But my first round draft pick is a BMF, Donald Trump, bitch ass motherfucker, <laughs> and. He's leading the league right now in lives per ninety minutes. So Damn. it's like, I I don't want to play him, but like this guy's yeah. Expected lies. <laughs> His XL okay. is through the freaking roof. It's at a historical precedent. Yeah. Well, we're all here just trembling at the thought of a migrant caravan coming straight to Brooklyn and taking over our artisanal donut shops. And stealing of our, all of our iced coffee during the winter. I'm, so I'm a big caravan he, he, guy. No. As, as much as he may be lying, he he does have me shaking in my boots. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. So Where I've been are those guys to... coming from? They could, some of them could be, you know, from the Middle East. I don't know. I, like, I, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. And I've, I've been seeing these caravans out there. And for the most part, they're pretty benign. Like, they're just trying to get from one place to the other. What's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, you might sometimes you gotta like rob them depending on how low your cash funds are. But speaking of Red Dead, yes, a team in red that was 
all but dead. They were. Man U versus Everton. Man U lined up in a 4 3 3 here. Let's talking about the games, right? <laughs> we didn't put a lot of. Uh, we did do research on this podcast, just so you guys know, but. Uh, we're kind of just sitting down here right after doing it. Sometimes we like to uh, we're hanging out. to to separate for a little bit and figure out what the heck we're gonna we're gonna say. But we just don't have the time right now. Like we said, it's about twelve hours, fifteen hours before the next game week. So right. let's just get this out for all you guys tinkering with your lineups late. Man, you when they played Everton at home last week, went into a four three three formation. They had the same starting lineup that they had against Juventus minus one. Main man up top, Lukaku got dropped, and Fred came into the midfield. Hard to drop a dude so big. And then so Martial, so then that that pushed Mata up farther up. Uh, I like this lineup for Manu. I do too. Everton had a four-two-three-one. They're starting to to figure out their best formation as well. Andre Gomez got his second start in the midfield, and they're playing Richarlison up top. Meaning that they were unchanged from their win versus Crystal Palace, and they had three wins on the trot. Going and Everton, on surprisingly or unsurprisingly, starting this game ahead of Man U in the table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if they're still uh, ahead after this week, but they didn't do themselves any favors because they gave away a penalty in the 26th minute. Not really their fault. Ghana got the ball, but he also took Martial out after after him. Shouldn't have been a penalty. But it was indeed rewarded. Pogba stood up to take it, and he did his uh his his patented run. What kind of what kind of stuff can you get done? Man, from, from so the, so they did a few. There's a few stats out here about that run up. Let's hear it. So his penalty took more time to shoot than Apollo 15 to reach the moon from Cape Canaveral to the moon. No. Yes. No way. Uh, took more time than it took Usain Bolt to complete his 100 meters yep. in the last Olympics. A little more believable, right? That's believable. Have you read any? I haven't read any, but I know one for sure. I went all the way to the bodega, got an iced coffee, came back, and he just had put it away after Pickford saved it. Very nice. Yeah. And... uh but he saved it, but then he put it away. He put it away. Pickford saved it. It bounced right back to Pogba. And I love all the guys saying, well, if it goes in the back of the net, who cares? Well, it really was close to not going in the back of the net. And he's missed one doing that as well. Flat out missed one. Is so this the, the, the run up convincing <laughs> run-up of all time? I think Simeon Zaza in the in the Euro finals is, is probably the worst. And that was right when that Running Man song came out, too. Oh, everybody I love was that doing one. That one. And they yes, put that, that to the background of, the of that run-up. That was one of the best. So Pogba got the uh, got the goal. Martial got the assist because he won the penalty. They scored again in the 49th minute. This time it was Martial and Pogba. You know you get super frustrated when he acts like this when he has the ball. But this was one of those times yeah, he where was definitely on it. he was very like well he's always doesn't look like he has a lot of urgency. Right. So and and when he made that pass it was you know you'd expect that body language from Pogba but this time it it, it came off. And uh, he calmly found Martial, who took one touch, I think, and just laced it. Martial's been looking for those angles lately. That's that's kind of been his thing. For sure. Uh, he's looking for these angles more than these Instagram thoughts. Ooh. Damn. I hear it, bro. <laughs> and uh, let's get ready to bumble. Uh, <laughs> and Everton did pull one back via a 
a penalty, which was their best chance in the game. Minus best, the Bernard one. It was. It was. Uh, oh yeah, minus Bernard. Bernard. Bernard one. At, when it was two 0 Bernard had a great chance to bring Everton back into the game and make it two one. But he 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 made a move on on De Gea and then he tried to to shoot it with his left foot right. tight angle Lindelof probably covering that angle he probably could have squared it to I'm Richarlison really, that was there. I'm surprised he didn't pass it because that's the player the kind of player that Bernard yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, I would have expected him to make a pass that got intercepted before he took that shot. That's kind of the telltale sign of a player that has been trying to get into the lineup and become a more permanent fixture in the lineup and and kind of had a slow start to things in Everton. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's kind of just you know right on the money for somebody who would do that. But so, he should have he should have played more to his strength and just passed that ball right to the middle. The game ended two one to Man U. Uh, it was a deserved result for Man U, who probably put up one of their best performances of the season. They controlled the first half and they locked it down in the second. Only two shots on target from Everton in the second half. One of them being that penalty chance. The left side of Man U is where the points were being made. Pogba had the second most points in the game week. With 30.5, he had the goal, two key passes, an assist for Martial's goal, amongst uh, many other uh, contributions. And and Martial, who who was playing a little farther up on that left side, he got the assist via the the penalty. He got the goal. He had a few shots on target. He finished with 26.7 in the game week. So two top 10 performances for Man U. Richarlison started up top for the second game week. He finished with 15 points, most of them coming towards the end there because he got the assist when he won the penalty mm-hmm. from that smalling foul. He led the team in key passes, but he only he only had a pass success rate of 55%. What do you think about Richarlison playing up top? Uh, if you were Richarlison owner, what, where would you want him to be playing? I think I would want him up top, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's shown that he has, he's got a goal-scoring acumen, and I just think that the players behind Richarlison right now deserve those spots. Yep. So I really can't see who's their who's their better option there. Dominic Calvert, uh, Lewin, or or Sank Tosun. I think that I think that, it depends on the game. I think that has a lot to do with why he's playing striker. Right. Because lack of options for up top. Right. And then I think that he that uh, what's his name Marcos De Silva mm-hmm. prefers Walcott and Bernard over Sank Tosun. Yeah, I mean, Dominic who would have been so dropped like, in this game? I mean, if they were looking for a more pragmatic approach, then, then maybe... One, probably Bernard or Walcott gets yeah, dropped. Yeah, Richarlison goes on the left side, Sanctosin up top. But you're going to want to keep Andre Gomez and, and Idrissa Gay there in that in that pivot. They weren't creating a lot of chances, Everton, but it, it wasn't necessarily down to Richarlison. Like I said, he had two key passes. Meanwhile, Bernard and Walcott on the wings didn't have any. Both of them disappointed. Both Tough of them got subbed off. Yeah. So look, look for that. This I feel week. like they Everton got a little bit unlucky. You know, they there, did. there's a there's a contentious penalty in there as well. Could could have gone either way. Pickford, because of the penalty save, finished the game with 20 points. He was 20th on the game week, and Sigurdsson, who scored the goal, got 18 points. Overall, Manu is going to be pleased with the result, and I think that Everton's going to be pleased with their performance. Mm. They weren't. All right. I mean, I, I don't know how I could say that they're going to be pleased with their performance. They only had two shots on target in the second half, but Everton. via their via their from their from their interviews after the after the game, they seemed like like they were happy with the performance. I think that they just felt good about going to Old Trafford and not trying to that and trying to play an attacking game, not going there completely defensive. Right. Uh, brave from them. I, th- yeah, I, think, I think they they look like a team that can definitely string together a nice set of results coming up here soon. 
and I think that they have a lot of room to improve. Yerry Mina still hasn't For played sure. in the they back have, line. Right now they have Seamus Coleman's coming back from injury. Sixteen goals in the league, which is the same as Spurs and Wofford. Yeah. For sure, and I think that they have a lot more room to grow as well. And I like this Richarlison experiment up top. He's quick. Yeah. Uh, he's shown a lot of skill on the left, and isn't that's a lot? That's how a lot of strikers start off. Yeah, they they, I mean, Arsene Wenger was famous for this, playing younger guys on the wing, and it gives them more experience playing in different areas of the pitch. But as you uh, mature as a player, you need to find your best spot, and giving Richarlison a uh, run of games up top, I think, is worth the the undertaking. Yeah, because what's the what's the worst thing that happens? It doesn't work. They're right. they're not gonna get relegated, and uh, I think that they're trying to put together. It's the, it's, a, a it's strong Richarlison's team first first year at Everton, and he's already started off very strongly, minus the red card that he got that that took him out of a few games. So yeah. th- there's there's room to experiment with Richarlison. He's a really talented young player. For so sure. why not just give him give him a, a chance to adapt and play out play a new. Play a couple of positions there. Penalties galore this game week. Going on to the Arsenal game here. Ooh. Arsenal, uh, frustrating game for Arsenal, who's XG, for all you XG nerds out there, has not been highly correlated with their actual results. Their XG <clears throat> has been sort of lackluster. And, and neither has Crystal Palace's. Yeah. In, different, in differentiating ways. Um... Our, Arsenal, Aubameyang finished the game with 12 points, and he was the highest point scorer in the Arsenal side, despite scoring the goal. So there just wasn't a lot of chances being created. Uh, let's talk about Aubameyang for a second here, though. What a start for this guy mm-hmm. in his Premier League and Arsenal career. He uh, has been directly involved in 22 goals in 23 Premier League games, keeping in mind that he's been played on the left wing a decent amount. Sometimes he doesn't start. Uh, and he comes on as a sub. He's got one of the best minutes per goals per minute. Uh, him ratios. playing on the left wing is not like a huge surprise. I mean, he played a lot there in Dortmund. Towards, wanted... the, towards the later stages, he he played more striker, but yeah, he's definitely more than comfortable playing that left wing. And it does seem a little odd that you pay fifty five million dollars for fifty five million pounds or so for a striker, and we don't play him in his best position, but. But he also paid fifty million pounds for another striker. Who, right. What who the hell's going on over there? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I'm I'm of course so happy to have both of them. But figuring out a way to get this these this team to work together, and I think here's the problem: it's we got a CIM and Ozil. What do we, we want with in our team? We want like possession players. But if you put a bombing and Lacazette up top with the CIM behind them. You're you're leaving yourselves several holes on the pitch that are difficult to fill. So in terms of a not an equal approach or just trying to have a balanced squad, I think it makes sense putting a bombing on the left. He doesn't seem to mind playing on the left. He still gets in front of the goal pretty often, but it does seem uh, it's definitely something to watch moving forward. That that relationship. I kind of think that his best position would be down the left. Down a wing, because wing, wings are generally where the most space is, it can be found. I mean, with, with a lot of teams playing with more attacking fullbacks in but this he's, league. But he's such a good finisher, and a lot of his bo- goals come from inside the box. He scored yeah, on but, six you know, of the you six You see that shots. Mohamed Salah is quote-unquote a winger, but he scored 38 goals last year. It's it's definitely more than possible for wingers to yeah to get in there and get in the box. And Obama Yang's also shown that he has a nice shot from outside the box, so... Uh, I think that that was a, a rarity, though. 
Like of his last, right? Yeah, he scored one goal outside the box. Yeah, because I was gonna say a lot of his goals are tap-ins or, or very close to, right. to the goal, like uh, like in this this game here. And I I guess it makes sense that he plays on the left. Lacazette has better ball control. Is better at linking up the play. He can drop deeper and sort of help with the build up. Whereas Aubameyang, here's the problem with Aubameyang: if we're not playing well, he gets super isolated on the left, and then that's when it gets frustrating to watch. Like, uh, you don't expect him to get him a lot of touches because he's not really that build-up type player. Like, he's like, you lo- you knock it long, he'll get uh-huh. onto it, make something happen. But on a day where Arsenal only managed to have three key passes on the day, we needed someone maybe on the left side who was you better, better at building back, up. Perhaps. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Jocka I mean, was a, Jocka's a converted left back, but you could argue that, I mean, you know his best position is in the middle. Yeah. Stringing together the game. That's not good when you want to play out of the back. You don't get as much support from a left back that's a converted center mid. You don't, and when you want to play out of the back, it, it hurts you when all your freaking fullbacks are injured. Right. So that's, I mean, that's where, where, where we're starting our attacks from. Yeah. Guendouzi and Torreya started at CDM, and I think that had a lot to do with our lack of creativity. It's kind creativity. of a frantic midfield. Like, I think that Xhaka's stock has sort of improved since he started playing in that left back role because... We're seeing, despite Xhaka's clear deficiencies in some areas of his game, he does have the ability to to find players and connect the defense with the attack. And when when Xhaka and Torreya played together in the previous match, I think against Leicester City, they found Ozil four or five times more often than Ozil was found this match. Uh-huh. And that is something uh, to think about. Guendouzi will be out for the Liverpool game. Because yeah. of the red card he picked up in the Carabao Cup. So that's going to throw Arsenal into a little bit of a crisis, both at left back and center mid, right? Unless yeah, they I mean, put no, that's Nene, center mid. I feel like Nene, Nene could, Nene could, might not could be a bad shot. Um, that gonna, center mid battle person. is going to be huge in this in this game. It is. I mean, Naby Keita and Henderson are out for this match. Right. I don't know so if it's going to be Fabinho and Milner, probably. Yeah, we're about to get. Or when. Yeah, it'll probably be Fabinho and, and Wijnaldum, but they might go three. So. A lot of questions surrounding Arsenal right now. There is a little bit of a injury crisis, more so because it's concentrated in that one in our in our defensive area. Monreal and Kalasinic both are doubtful, mm-hmm. and uh, not totally a bad result for Arsenal. Bellerin I would say. also got got subbed off. Two penalties. Recently. That's kind of unlucky to have two penalties scored against you in a game. Both deserve it, I would say. That was for a game where Arsenal did not look good. They still scored two goals. Jaka with a nice free kick from the right side Very of the box. Nice. Uh, and then a little bit of luck on the on the equalizer. A little bit of 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 rashness and exuberance, and it wasn't youthful because Mustafi's been doing this for a while, but right. it's a little too much. A little too much for Mustafi to go in from behind on Koyate. I'm hearing people call him like Mus- mistake fee. Making uh, a few mistakes here and there. He's great in the air. He's great at, at positionally, I would say. But I think he's got a little bit of rush of blood to him that I comes don't know in if every I now and again. I love that nickname. Not because it's not accurate, just because it doesn't really roll off the tongue. But it definitely mistake fee. Yeah, definitely. In, it definitely encapsulates what Mustafi's all about. This guy. This is why you got to be careful when looking at the stats because. People like all the all the metric systems rate Mustafi very highly, but I don't think that they properly incorporate all of these rash decisions that he makes. I, I, I'm, I'm too frequently. Right. So he goes in behind from behind, like right outside the goal. I don't know what he thought the defense the the guy was gonna do here, try to backheel it or something. But regardless, it wasn't the play Came to go in from behind. 
Milia Vade. Say this guy for me. Milia 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 Milia. I was I was murdering it the entire time we were prepping. He stepped up. He scored. Arsenal. Milivojevic. Milivojevic. That's right. <laughs> Obama and got that nice goal. I mean, I don't know if it was a nice goal, but uh, clever handball. Not yeah. very often you see a clever handball from Lacazette's the guy. Lacazette's Henri moment. And he just knocked it into the Takes a lot path. of his, his influence from Henri, and he got that 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 handball assist. Everybody saw it except the ref. Aubameyang somehow incredible. got just uh, got it 9.9 millimeters over the line, I think the goal line technology yeah, said. Yeah, one the closest one of, the closest one of ever. all time. Yeah. Like I said, Aubameyang, six shots, six goals. And... Despite scoring two goals, Arsenal had ended with a draw because it was a late, another late penalty given to Crystal Palace. Zaha, who was not finding a lot of luck on the left side, switched over to the right. I'm surprised they didn't do this earlier and, and tried to target Jaka. He got up to the box. Jaka went for the ball, but he dangled his leg out there. And well, Zaha definitely made the most of it. He's under no he, he no he's screen, no yeah. under no obligation to try to get out of the way. Yeah, no. I Jaka mean, that's, said, that's an inexperienced left back move if we've ever seen. Very, Leaving that leg out. Milia Jovic put it away again, two two. Just a poor result from Arsenal going forward and, and Ozil Palace. finished with one point. Lacazette had five. Awobi started. He didn't get any points. We were dispossessed often. Two our two goals came from set pieces, so it's not like our open play play was uh was anything to, to, to talk about. and uh, Yeah, Crystal Palace in- increasing their XG from this one game alone from those two penalty shots. Uh, yeah. In this season so far, Palace has scored seven goals compared to their 11.72 XG. So they really haven't been clinical. Only Southampton has been worse shooters than them. Southampton. Clap, clap. Yeah, Miljojovic finished with 27 points. He was six in the, in the, in the game week. He's this clutch. is the guy that I think came on to the scene last year yeah, because much. of his He's he, clutch. He his missed a penalty last year. He, he missed a penalty last game, and after the game said that he felt more than confident taking the next one should have come. And yeah. there it goes. Two in the next game. Yeah, and he went both, He went same side both times. 2-2, two, two, and, and difficult, we, difficult games for both teams coming up. Yep. Crystal Palace beginning a very, very tough run of games against top six opposition the next Three games are against Chelsea, Man U, and Spurs. While Arsenal go to Liverpool, that's going to be a tough game for them as well. No doubt. Well, actually, Liverpool's coming to Arsenal, right? And uh, Yeah, Liverpool's coming to Arsenal, and they had a very different performance from Arsenal. Arsenal, who are looking, uh, still looking to, to put together their best lineup and their best t- tactics, uh, juxtaposed Liverpool, who scored four goals on the game week. Yeah. So changes for Liverpool, they went into a 4-2-3-1 with Fabinho and Wijnaldum in the midfield. That was kind of forced due to Henderson and Keita both being out. I uh, made a very rash decision. I, I, woke up, up. I woke up at 9.45 on the game week, not in my own bed, with 1% battery, not knowing who was starting. Mm. Uh, Never great. My phone died, so I run out into the living room. Uh, my homie Dan was hanging out in the living room. I'm like, where's the charger? I throw it on the charger. My phone's dead. I'm pacing back and forth for 10 minutes. It's 9.55. I don't know what my lineup looks like. I don't know who's out there. Finally, Dan sees that I'm getting like uh, visibly anguished. 
just is like, yo, you want to hop on my computer for a second? For some reason, he was working on crap at like 9.45 in the morning on a Saturday. Uh, So I hopped on the computer. I saw Fabinho was starting. My my lineup was kind of in shambles this week because I had a tough, a lot of tough matchups. So I picked up Fabinho. Because yeah. I saw that he did really well in the Champions League. Well, I also made a rash decision. I woke up in a fairly calm state. Oh, no, really? But, you know, still, still 30, 30 still minutes before up. the game starts. All right, and I'm, 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 This is a game where I really expected Shakiri to get a start, so I had him sitting there since Wednesday before. And lo and behold, Shakiri was, he, Sha- you, he was you, in my lineup. Okay. Shakiri was not. In the Liverpool lineup, so I went with Lalana, thinking, all right, this you is going to be a game. For Lallana? Well, no, I didn't drop him. I just took him out of my, oh, my so starting Shakira's lineup. Oh, not in the waivers right now. No. Okay. So, uh, I kind of made a rash decision under the under the under the influence. Did you drop? No, I dropped David Brooks, who went on and scored a goal. So, were you under the what were you under the influence of? Of of Lalana, of 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 this Liverpool team destroying Cardiff. So okay. I kind of expected that they got a, a, this was going to be the game that that they would do it to them. And I picked up Lana. Yep. And I had uh, Firmino and Shakiri. None of those guys did anything for me because wow. Shakiri was on the bench. So picked up Lana. He made his way into that right CAM spot with Salah starting up top. Yeah. Liverpool trying out this four-two-three-one formation, which I think suits them. I think bringing on someone like Lana or Shakiri is more valuable to them in these kind of games than right. bringing on like. Uh, well, they they had some injuries, but I still feel like so I don't know if they, they could have started Sturridge up top. That you know they wanted to try out this this four two three one with Salah as the so they drop the a midfielder, point. they drop a holding midfielder, right, putting an which, attack in midfielder, which and, you don't you know you don't need to have at home three against Cardiff. This exactly. is a good time to try it out, right? And this is a good time to try out Shakiri, who I think's been doing a great job, did a nice job in the Champions League, has had has made some nice cameo appearances and starts for Liverpool so far. But I guess this was a game for Klopp to see how Adam Lallana would fare in a Premier League game. And Keeping in mind that Lallana at one point was a very right. highly rated attacking Yeah, midfielder. for sure. No, he came from Southampton for 25 million pounds back in the day. This was like four years ago, I think. Right? Yeah. So and he's that's a, kind of a, a hefty Lallana is a Taga legend. He was yeah. on, my, on my bench for about seven he's months infamous. last year. I was heavily under the Lalana influence, so I do know where you're coming from. So Salah started off the scoring for Liverpool after kind of a, a jumble in the box. It made its way over to Salah. He smashed that in. And after that, it was all Liverpool. Just shots on shots on shots. Lalana finished off the half with a nice header, which Morrison cleared off the line. That would have been my vindicating moment. Uh, Liverpool started the second half not really on the same wavelength as they were in the first half. And that's when Lalana made way for Shakiri in the 70th minute and that's when everything kind of came together for Liverpool. Yep. Shakiri having the legs that Lalana lost. Rich man's Ryan Frazier. Right. Uh poor poor man. They came from the same line, that's for sure. Yeah. They definitely sure. from the same They town. came from the same they came from Boxville. They got similar ancestors. They came from Shoulderville. Yes, exactly. In the from, in the province of Box. They came from No Neck Nation. Yeah. So Liverpool made that change for Shakiri and that's when everything started to come together, right? Yeah, they had a little dry spell. They started off well, but uh, they went. They did have a 20-minute period or so after the half, at which point they didn't really have anything going. And I think the score was still 2-1 at this 2-0? I think it was 1-0. Okay. Right. So and three, goals, three goals came after the 70th minute. 75th minute is when Mane scored his goal with a nice left-footed shot. Yep. Then Crystal Palace... Uh, 
Cardiff City made their way back into the game through DMF, yes. Dirty Money Finder, Callum <laughs> Patterson. I would love the to dirtiest be money that you could find in the game. I'll be an AMF. A deflected dog, cross going finder. off Van Dyke to find Patterson with an easy tap in. Big Not that Callum easy. Patterson, you guys might remember from a couple weeks ago, we shouted He's out infamous. Callum Patterson, who had 23 aerial duels on the day. He's the MJ of the DMFs. Our guy Cameron Chung was doing a little oppo research, just hanging out in, the, in, in our studio. And before we F12. even posted the podcast, this guy had gone out and secured Callum Patterson off the waiver wire. Turns yeah. out Callum Patterson is a kind of a big deal. He's a BMF too because yeah. he, he's playing everywhere. He's a big old bloke. Yeah, you guys should all go into who scored and if see you look the at picture that's when you can really him. see he's a BMF. Yeah, he's got five chins. This. Or just one giant, like, frog croaker. I don't know why Cardiff is complaining about uh, not having squad depth when this guy's got, like, five different dudes as a chin. That's insane. Uh, and he got the goal. This guy could play everywhere. He's a DMF. He got the goal. What do you think about this DMF designation? I think against we're, we're, games, against games like Liverpool, where you face Liverpool as a Cardiff and you own Callum, Callum Patterson, you would not put him as a defender. You got to have him as a midfielder. You got a good chance for a keep him at the midfield because combo from this guy. If you can put him as put him in as a defender and he's actually playing forward, because right. we'll get that clean sheet. Plus, it's just not worth the risk. Yeah, especially maybe with Cardiff right now. Callum, if he was playing on Burnley last year and doing this stuff, he would have been a top for dude. sure. Yeah, but right now Cardiff does not look good defensively. So. Uneasy for Liverpool after after that Callum Patterson goal, but Shakiri and Salah combined expertly. Very nice move from Shakiri, who again. I kind of feel like he's been treated unfairly by Klopp's, some would say underutilized. He had a great game a, a few weeks ago where he made an assist, the first, the only goal of the half, and then he was taken off at halftime. I can't remember against which team. but You know you know that McCree in Overwatch has a belt buckle that says BMF? Yeah. All right, just making sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. That, no, it says BAMF. Does it say? Oh, yeah. Okay. It something Bamf. like that. <laughs> uh Unfortunately, what do you, you think? Like do you, you think Shakiri has been underutilized, or is this an unfair treatment? Obviously, it's not unfair because Shakiri and Klopp, you know, they have some, they have a relationship. It, it's been put under the scrutiny a few times. You saw them blow up at each other after that that Chelsea right. Liverpool game Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, or, or Klopp was yelling at him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that Shakiri just joined the squad, and I think it probably makes sense. That Lalana got the start, but I think in hindsight, Shakiri should have gotten it. Right. Um, he's still new to the team, and there's still so many fixtures to be played, especially when the Champions League starts heating up and, and we get into this winter winter uh, period. He's gonna get some PT for sure. Right. I think that that's what of, I, that's of what the I'm substitutes, hold, hold I think that he is probably the most uh, valuable. Yes. I think he's more valuable than Lolana, who hasn't had For a good sure. season in almost two years. I really Most don't think injury. that we're going to see a lot of Lolana. From from what I what I saw on the day, Lolana looks like he's a shadow of the player he was before. It's it's yeah. indicative of a player who's Let's spent a lot of time but, out. But he's he's been it's out gonna for take, a long It's going to take a while for him to get back, and I'm not sure if Liverpool is the team where he can really yeah. come back into it. So That's he he point. might be vying for a transfer in the in the in the January transfer window while. Liverpool might be looking for a CAM, which is something that we have said before. The Liverpool Shikari really misses against the big teams. Against against a Cardiff City, you don't really need a CAM, especially with Mane and Salah creating these chances for themselves. Um, but 
we'll see. I, I really feel like Liverpool is going to have to make a few moves here, and Lallana might be some of the dead weight that goes. I think that Shakiri has a lot of positional flexibility. He can play on the exactly. wing, but he can also play in that. They play in a 4-2-3-1. He could play anywhere in that front three. Um I was I'm I'm kind of disappointed. I thought the Shakiri was still on the waiver wires. I was kind of I wanted to keep an eye out on him. Uh, and they're they're showing Liverpool now that they have depth that they didn't have last year with the introduction of Naby Keita, Fabinho, Shakiri. I think that I'm I'm really disappointed, even though it's against you know the usual train of thought here as an Arsenal fan. I wish Oxley Chamberlain was still playing over there right yeah. now. He would look Never so good in this team. Never want to see a top team. player out for that long. Exactly. And uh, despite the... Unless his name is Ryan Shawcross. Despite the tone of with which he left, we still got 40 million pounds for a dude who had like eight career goals or something. Right. Um, but he would he would fly in this He this would Liverpool fly. He would look team. really good in He'd this He'd be a great field. third CM for them. Yep. Speaking of the three CM thing, at so Liverpool play Arsenal this weekend. Uh, what formation would you like to see? Go against Arsenal, keeping in mind that, of course, you'd like to see a victory. So what, what formation do you think Liverpool is strongest I in? I do want to see a victory, and I would prefer if they were in that 4-3-3 formation because I think we saw, I mean, despite their really impressive scoring totals, Liverpool has been sort of... Teams have been able to isolate the front three from the midfield three. Mm-hmm. And that's the key with this Liverpool team. If you can, that's due to a lack of creativity in midfield. Exactly. So if I were if I were Arsenal, if, if, if going into tomorrow, I want to see that four three three because I think that that gives us a better chance to control the game. Whereas I think that if you put on an, another attacking midfielder instead of a holding midfielder, I think we're Arsenal are going to let up some goals tomorrow if they play in this four two three one formation. All right. Let's move on to the. Big results of the weekend. Not really, right? No, I don't, Standard. You don't have to go in this game if you don't Burnley, want to. Burnley, Chelsea. Burnley nil, Chelsea four. Bugaboo yes. ground for Chelsea over the years. This was probably the best time to face Burnley in recent history. Uh, Chelsea went into this game with Hazard injured. And the Bur- big question was, would Burnley burn Hazard FC? Burnley once, shame on you. Burnley twice, shame on me. Burnley nil. Starting Goodmanson this this week. Oh yeah. So Burnley didn't get anything going with Hazard missing back injury in typical Greg Jennings fashion. Whole team on his back now. Really is Hazard FC. Pedro and Williams started together with Barkley coming into the fray, as we said he should against lower level opposition. And I don't know if it's just lower level opposition. I think that it's sort of. I think that it's becoming that he should just start. Yeah, but each each of those those three midfielders that are vying for that third midfield spot have their own set of traits that that kind of right. Mi- Jorginho well is an expert passer. Right. Conte is an expert. Well, at I'm talking about those two. Or something like that, because I know he's not getting any tackles or interceptions. Conte and Jorginho are are mainstays, but there's three players that are vying for the third midfield spot, and that's Barkley, Kovacic, and Ruben Loftus Cheek. All of them showing different qualities. Do you have Kovacic on your team still? I don't. What's your team name? 
I just go Chich with some Gucci flip flops. I gotta I find something. I think that's that's a yellow card for me, dog. I think it's gonna be. A, I just Arnautovich with some Gucci flip flops. All right, you gotta get that updated before this game week, otherwise, right? I'm gonna have to dock you a couple points here. Today was Barkley's day, though, with two it assists and a goal. Barkley was player the of the week for me. Top Most point scorer of the game. Exactly, thirty-two point five, and he was scooped off the waiver wires on Tuesday by Cameron. That's gonna come back and. Kill me after I got Lalana instead of Barkley on that game week. Oof. Uh, Murata scored a goal. He could have had five. Right. Uh, but he did finish the game with 14 and a half points. Right. Barkley a with a nice, card. nice Jeez. pass. Nice yellow pass card for Murata. a dive. And it wasn't. It was wasn't. It, really a, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a yellow what... card. It wasn't a yellow card for simulation. I think it was a yellow card for the reaction afterwards. Okay. Because that was a that was a tackle. It was not a. I mean, it was a nice tackle from Tarkowski. So, I think Tarkowski just felt that I don't know. Maybe it was a rush of blood for him because he really. They both came after Morata, but it was a, it was a tackle that swept Morata off his feet. Where was the Chelsea players when Morata was getting pushed down? They Who's your right enforcer? There. Do you guys got an enforcer? Aspiliqueta. Yeah, he's too far back. David though. Luiz. I mean, who? Morata was who, getting bullied on the who's playground. Who's Arsenal's by enforcer? These. We got so many enforcers, dog. Who's your enforcer? We're not even talking about Arsenal, all right, but we good. got one. Okay, we yeah. got. Yeah, his name is Kashani. He's right, been you, out for a season. But if if your three toughest Chelsea players versus our th- three toughest Arsenal players, who wins in a, in a backyard brawl? Who you I, got on your team? I think it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be Kepa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have to be Kante because he's a silent demon. All right. It's gonna no be way. Azpilicueta. He's up there. I don't think that he's going to be your your guy. And it's going to be Zappa Costa, man. No, dude. You don't even have Rudiger out there? I feel like you're not yeah, even Rudiger, saying that you're Rudiger is an enforcer, true. We, all, we got a bunch of leaders on our team. Don't worry about us. We got... we got we, Everyone's a leader as well on our <laughs> team. <laughs> so, Barkley made a nice left-footed finish from outside the box from like 30 yards out. And that's why that man has five-star weak foot status on FIFA. Who he's, does? Barkley. He's got five-star weak foot? Yep. That's ridiculous. Why? He just goes... Usman Dembele has only got four-star dribbling moves. No, but Usman's got five-star weak foot as Does well. Does he? Okay. Yeah. I forgot. You're a FIFA expert now. I My am. guy is riding the, the FIFA stock train uh, yeah, right now. Yeah, right now. I'm an I'm a expert trader. I've got yes. the, the, the visor with the green transparent thing in that's front of me with the, the, the calculator. With, that's... with the cigarette in your mouth? Exactly. Uh, Pedro went off the, over the weekend with a, with a stomach injury, meaning that... Uh, Oh, in this game, actually. Uh, meaning that we may see Ruben Loftus-Cheek as that, that right winger in this game coming up. I'd like to see what that. What do you think about that? I'm cool with that. I, I, don't, know, I don't know I'm that not much sure. about him, but I know he's been playing well lately. And uh, I think that everyone's kind of wondering, does Chelsea have what it takes to to create their own sort of you know player? Right. So um, I think that we kind of – I want to see what Chelsea's academy has right now. What, what, what's the best their, their academy has to offer? He looks like a player. Is Kennedy on loan or did Newcastle purchase him? He's on him? loan. He looks good too sometimes. But sometimes, uh, I want to I see Ruben Loftus-Cheeks in that right wing role. Yeah. And, and I, I think that I don't know if Barkley starting had a lot to do with Hazard not starting. Does he feel well, the need to start Barkley if Hazard's in the game? I, well, think, you add, Bar- I think you put Barkley in because you want to make sure that you're creating some, some opportunities. Right. Um, so Barkley really took his chances game and who do you guys play next week? Uh, we play Crystal Palace on he'd, Sunday. He'd be pretty. I think that he'd be pretty hard done if he doesn't get a start. Yeah, no, he he'll start. 
and it's it's at home, so we I think we 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 obviously need to get the three points here. We can't have any sort of draw or. I, I think we need to shout out one uh, Chelsea defender in particular. Rudy Gay. Marcus Alonso finished with twenty three point seven five points, eleventh on the game week. He's one of those guys that we talked about when we first started podcasting. Premier defenders, uh, you feel like you can get some value later in the rounds, but Mar- Marcus has as Marcus Alonso has been kind of curbed his draft position. Well, he's kind of been curbed from going up as far. Uh, remember, in the beginning of the season, he yeah, was, was scoring goals for fun, getting assists, but. Uh, Mauricio Sarri has been asking him to to be more of a left back and to to be better on the defensive side. They got a clean sheet this game. What's going on defensively lately? They've been solid. Uh, you guys have been solid. Been solid, but we've been letting in late goals against small teams, and, and there hasn't been enough clean sheets for me. But still, Chelsea's game, uh, kind of. Only allows the other team to have so many shots on goal. Unfortunately, those teams have been kind of clinical with their their last shots that they that they've taken. Yeah. In this game, Burnley had nothing to offer. Burnley nothing had twenty percent possession. They somehow they they're the first team of all time to get a negative xg. Right. <laughs> nothing to offer from them, and it really could have been an eight nil game. But I thought Joe Hart looked really nice in this game. Yeah. Stopping Morata from scoring a, a one-on-one as well as a deflected header. And then later in the game, some nice shots. Nice nice shot blocking. For sure. Maurizio for sure. Sarri is one game away from equaling the best ever start to a Premier League manager's career for games unbeaten. I think that's kind of remarkable. We've given Chelsea a fair amount of credit so far this season. But I think it really – all of that goes down to uh, Maurizio Sarri and how, how easily he's been able to get these players to adapt to his system – in a really small amount of time. Think about when Unai Emery came in. He came in and he was uh, announced in, in like June, right? Or or maybe even May. May 27th. And that's usually what happens with managers that are incoming for a new season. But Maurizio Sarri got the job in the middle of July after Chelsea took so long to fire Antonio Conte. Didn't even have a full preseason with his players. A lot of players away for World Cup. Have you noticed all those Bumble ads, by the way, on the side of the subway? Which one? I'm just thinking about that. What? What's up with all these Bumble ads in the subway? I don't know. And I'm like, these guys are like, like, I I hope that those guys aren't the ones on Bumble. That's probably why I wasn't getting any matches when I was on there. Screw the MTA. (laughs) Let's Uh, move over to Leicester versus West Ham. I'd love to. A draw from Leicester City, West Ham. 1-1, but there was more to that than meets the eye. Balbuena got the opening goal well, in the third Well, let's just start it off that, that, unfortunately, this game was marred by a tragedy when Leicester's owner, Kuhn Vichai. It was post-game. Yeah, it was, but, you know, just wanted to say rest in peace to that man who, who gave the world a fairy tale in, in Leicester City's 2016 Premier League triumph. Yeah. And we'll never see anything like that again. 5,001 odds put Leicester on the map. No one had ever heard of them. No one had ever heard of Riyad Mahrez, nor Jamie Vardy, nor Angolo Kante. And those guys are household or names now. Oof. Right? Robert Oof, is he? But, you're, you know or what? Wes Morgan. I'm glad you took this moment here. Let's be uh, let's dial it back for a second. Yeah. I think that that was a, a really somber moment for all of football. Mm-hmm. Everyone was having a, a difficult time. Really brings enjoying, everything. Enjoying the game because of, of that weight from that moment. And it really... Does uh, yeah. The games the next day were 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 
all had moments of silence or, yeah. or moments of reflection, whether it be with silence or with, with applause from the stadium. And it's, it's tough because it really brings everything into perspective that you know, football's to... a game, but there's, there's lives at stake here and there's teams that travel via airplane and bus every day and the owner used that helicopter to take off from the center pitch after every home game. And you know nobody ever kind of nobody ever expects this kind of thing to happen in football, but yeah. it did. And and the outpour the outpouring of of uh, of sympathy and and reflection has been huge. And it's gonna be it's gonna be a long time until until everybody gets over this. And, and Leicester City is gonna be without a friend and and a great owner. And I couldn't imagine if something like that happened to to Roman, because uh, I think Roman and and Vichai kind of had the same hands on. Uh, hold on to the club and you know it's a family so sure. it's tough very tough to see this kind of thing happen but reach out to a to a friend reach out to a loved one let them know if you guys you know if you haven't spoken to someone yeah. who's important to you in your life reach out because you know this just shows that so much can change in just a moment and this really is only a game and when there's a human moment like that we can all get together and 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 grieve as a as a as a f- football family yeah R.I.P. to uh, him. All the best. All the best. R.I.P. to the five that died in that in that tragedy, and and uh, condolences to family and friends as well as the Lester family. For sure. And Lester made it a a one one game there at the death, pretty much 88th minute with Indidi. No, Boyda got the opening goal in the 30th, and Mark Noble followed eight minutes later with a pretty dangerous tackle. Studs up. He got the red card, so West Ham went into the half up one, but down one man. Leicester City, Leicester was City could have lost two men to, to serious injuries that day because that Mark Noble challenge was, was really dangerous. Yeah. High up, definitely a red card, and Mark Noble's no stranger to seeing red. I think he's had five red cards in his West Ham career, which is a sizable amount. Yeah, meeting the, the highest. Reaching Sergio Ramos levels there. That was a pretty bad tackle, and, and Leicester City, from, from that moment on, Leicester City controlled the game, but... West Ham were surprisingly sturdy in defense. There was some uh, rare opportunities handed out to each side. Jamie Vardy came on in the at halftime because Rashid Jazal started, who had a, a, a pretty lackluster performance along with Kalichi Iannaccio. Both of these guys are trying to work their way into the team on a more consistent basis, and both got subbed off pretty early. Mark Albrighton, who you know will remember from those from that Leicester City title run, how important he was on the wing. He got 20 points on the game, but and it's only I think his his uh his third start. He's been coming on as a sub a lot, but he he saw the game and he played very well. He took an advanced position, as did most of the Leicester City attacking players because of their their man advantage. Only a 65% pass success on the on the wing, but he created four chances. He had five accurate crosses. This guy knows how to cross the ball. Yeah, and I think Leicester City will be kind of disappointed with this result because for a lot of the game, Leicester City was. Was in it. He's he hasn't been a preferred option for Leicester this 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 year, but the last three years playing for Leicester City, he's been a a, a guy that you can count on to kind of get you around ten points a match, even if he doesn't score or get an assist. And uh, he might be worth looking into for some of the for some of you guys who uh, see that he's on the waiver wire. Yeah, and uh, Javier Hernandez got to start up top. Right. Uh, Arnautovic, I think, was uh, not fit for the whole game. He was not fit at all. He didn't. He stayed home. So he only got. Javier Hernandez ended up with a half a point. Hell yeah. He's been averaging 30 min- 39 minutes a game, so he's been used as a sub a lot. But 
I don't think we'll we'll take this performance and try to evaluate him at, at, thus no, far this Arnautovic season. Arnautovic will be starting the rest of these games, and both of these teams having nice run of games coming up. West Ham playing Burnley, Huddersfield, Man City, Newcastle, and Cardiff, while Leicester's playing. Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, Southampton, and Watford. That's right. Each team, I think, is still trying to figure out their best lineup. But like you said, both have a very favorable run of games. West Ham only play one top six side in their next eleven. Yeah. Who and would you uh, Who would you be going after? What What team would you be scouting right now more? I'm looking at West Ham. Yeah. I think so. I just think that they have more quality in that team, and if you can get in, then. There's there's just more points to be had in that out of that West Ham team. Well yeah, I've got two West Ham players myself. There's a third that I'm looking at Whoa. at the moment. You know Robert Snodgrass. I think he could be a nice pickup for Thanks any for bringing team up looking Snodgrass, for. Because speaking of uh, standout performers, he got a rare start. Uh, he's shown when he played for Hull and West Ham a couple years ago, and for great Norwich, set piece taker. that he's a great set piece taker, and uh, he's averaged nine point six playing for Hull. For uh, Hull and West Ham, and he averaged 12.1 playing for Norwich. He's an attacking player who looks it's to get Norwich, more time. By the way, Nor- Norwich. 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 He's an attacking player that is looking to get more time because of that injury to Andre Yarmolenko. Mm-hmm. Created two chances late on for West Ham, and he really could have been like one of the. He could have been the man of the match if Ogbonna had finished that late chance. Right. Uh, so I, same, I say I say West Ham is going to be more attractive. What do you, What do you see? Well, Leicester's put together four wins and uh, one draw, five defeats. So they're a little too Jekyll and Hyde for me to really go after any of their players. But it'll be interesting to see, and this is an unfortunate moment, but it really will be interesting to see if they uh, are kind of, if they get motivated by what happened, the tragedy, if if, if the human aspect comes into the game. You know, football's very unpredictable, and it'll be interesting to see if, if – Maybe they play with more ferocity or... On one hand, that I don't know. I think that's a lot of times what, what you see when you when you hear about players who are under the under the threat of outside stress that they feel like the pitch or the court is their sanctuary. Right. So that could be uh, that could be the case. Yeah, I'm pulling for Leicester. I always, you know, after that that miracle run. They hold a special heart, special part of my heart. Yeah, not too much for Arsenal because we should have won it that year. But it's all good. Yeah, everybody should have won it that year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's move on to Fulham versus Bournemouth. Yes, I Fulham cannot wait to talk Bournemouth about this three. game. Fulham continue to slide, and their defense is so horrendous that it's hard to imagine anything but a continued slide for them. I feel like Fulham should try playing with ten players. Yeah, I, I mean, who would you drop? Tim Ream? <laughs> no, that's Tim Ream. That's my guy. I'm going to drop the right back from Man U. Oh, Fosu Mensa? Yeah. Yeah, uh, David Brooks we were scored so in this game. Too, yeah, we were. We were. I mean, they they played a they paid 100 million pounds for players over the summer. And that like we want I think that we want them to do well because look we at want that to be a uh we want we I I would like to see that as a trend. Yeah. You think I could borrow that jewel real quick? Mhm. Thanks. Uh, I'd like to see the lesser. I'd like to see teams that just got promoted investing and, and looking to stay up. So I'm, I was rooting for Fulham, but we got four losses in a row now for Fulham, and they're, looking they're about to go into a difficult run of games. Very difficult. Meanwhile, and... Bournemouth are four games unbeaten. 
Man, David Brooks is on fire right now. He's got three goals in three games. They brought him in over the summer. He's 20 years old, and he's been fitting in really nice with Ryan for? Frazier. And how much, do you know? I think it was like one million pounds. Very, very low. Not, not, not a huge touted fee. They got he's that. Only they 20 got years that old. Front three of, of Frazier, Wilson, and Brooks. That That's looks really working nice out that triangle. It, which unfortunately means my my big Stanislas pickup, which I was uh, touting as the pickup of the year before he hadn't even played a game, uh, oh, yeah. does not look so good. No. Uh, so what happened in this game? Oh yeah, uh, Fulham nil, Bournemouth three. Right? Yeah, not much to talk about here. Fulham not really doing anything in defense, and they're gonna need to make some player pickups That's in the in the winter. The actual game of the freaking match week here. Watford. Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> Watford, let's go Watford Huddersfield. Yeah, Watford right. three Huddersfield let's nil. Move on over to Watford. Four two three one for Watford. Troy Deeney injured, not in the starting lineup nor the, the, the bench. Andre Gray starting on the bench in place of Isaac Success, who scored in this game, making no, it his first started. Premier League. Yeah. Andre Gray made way for Isaac right. Success. Yeah, yeah, is that what I said? And it was a, uh, I think he had it backwards. And it was a Fine. successful debut for the boy. Yep, his first goal in, in, new in look two years. Side. First goal in for, uh, first Premier League goal in two years for Isaac Success. That's what's up. And they made, Watford did make some changes here. Uh, similar to Liverpool, they they. Tried out this four-two-three-one formation with Day Lefeu coming in and playing in that CAM role. Isaac Success getting the rare start. Watford, and Ben Foster with seven saves. Watford had four players in the top twenty-five. Yeah, and Ben Foster number five there. Yeah, he was twenty-nine point two five points for a goalkeeper. No penalty save. That's kind of crazy. We weren't. We we chalked that up to pretty poor shot selection, right? Very poor. Yeah. A lot of lot of easy. A lot of easy saves for the boy. Isaac Success finished with 23 points. Roberto Perea, who held his position in the lineup, so he's showing that in several different formations that Watford's going with, Roberto Perea will continue to play. Five goals I think he's, in played, I think he's played in every single game, almost every single minute for Watford, yeah, except five goals down for late. Him. He got 21 points. And his goal was real nice, very Kiko, Argentine. Kiko. Do you love me? Kiko Firmenia, Firmenia, the DM, got 20.5 as that Watford defense got the clean sheet as well. Only owned by 14% of teams. Kiko. No one loves Kiko. Nope. Uh, and Kiko doesn't Huddersfield, again, not really looking good forward and not good in defense. Uh, they're not looking like a Premier League team at all. No, I do love, Early their, shouts I love for their manager because he reminds me of... Uh, David Wagner. He reminds me of the professor from this... Uh, Spanish TV show I was watching. I think it was called The Heist or something. And My boy Heist. Bryant and I are the only two people that have watched it. Yeah, you know, telenovela. Yeah, exactly. Let's move over to Brighton. When One, Wolves nil. Diego Jota losing his spot to Adama Traore in a team that hasn't made many changes to the starting lineup. Jota has seen his influence from last season in the championship waver significantly, not making many fantasy influ- uh, inputs this year. It was an early handball appeal for Wolves. Which uh, probably should have been called a handball. Yeah. Five yards away. Nice shot, but... Unlucky to not get a handball early on. Right. And then Glenn Murray does it. And when he does it, they do it. The ultimate homebody. Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray and I are a lot lot alike in this regard. We just play better when we're at home. And you just don't move around that much. We don't. But uh, we look good while doing it. This guy averages 15.1 fantasy points per game at home and only 4.7 away. That's why he's my dude. 
and he averages 12.4 in a win and only two points on a loss. So Murray is at home, and he scores a goal. Brighton going to do their thing. Well, Brighton has a very nice run of fixtures coming up, so I'm going to be starting Glenn Murray in a lot of those games. Maybe I'll just go off that formula. Only in home games will Glenn Murray get that start. That's three wins on the chart. Wolves were a little unlucky to get a result from this one. Brighton had seven attempts on goal, while Wolves had 25 in the later later stages of that game was all Wolves. I think you touched on this back when you said that Wolves weren't good. Uh, but they aren't good, but only in one uh, area of the pitch, and that's going forward. Right. Because they look really nice with that with that wing back situation. Doherty, we all love him. Nobody knows what he looks like, but that boy puts up points. Yep. And uh, Watford need to find their goals, and I think that's why they started uh, Triori today, and they uh, are probably going to continue to to rotate up top until they until they find a, a consistent goal scorer. And Wolves have got some tough games coming up now. Next shite. Next few games, I think, is against Liverpool and then Arsenal. All right, dude. Let's move on to the game of the week. for this game. Southampton versus Newcastle. This we won't even say the, the result. was the most thrilling nil-nil draw of all time. Just kidding. It was uh, the defenders got the points in this one, and uh, you're better off doing almost anything else than watching this If game. you want to watch the game, just go find it, because we're not going to talk about it. And uh, that's all from our game recaps this week. We got some big games coming up over the weekend. Yes. Liverpool versus Arsenal at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. All those games are pushed back. We got a 3.45 game tomorrow, which is what interesting. What the hell? It's going to... It's about to be Sleepwalk Central yeah. around these parts because you know your boys work in the service industry, so we're going to be working late, waking up early, mm. going back to work. Watching uh, these games with one eye open. No doubt. Uh, sometimes neither. Sometimes I'm just resting my eyes. Yeah. I, is there a 7.30 game tomorrow? I really don't think there is. There is. Oh, no. What do we got tomorrow? Let's just Man, go. you, I'm pretty sure it's 7.30. Jesus Christ, mate. Let's just take a look at these games that we got tomorrow just so we can see if we see anything interesting. If it's Bournemouth versus Man U, that'll be a game that I want to watch. 8.30 tomorrow. It's not 7.30. That's great. Thanks to the UK for for, for making their time change before we do. That'll change next week. Is that the the deal? Is that what happened? Right, yeah. Their farmers need more time to adapt. It's spring forward and fall back. So we're moving those clocks back an hour. We're going to get some sleep. Yeah. And then we have West Ham versus Burnley. That's the game for me at 11 o'clock. That's the game that, that has the, the most bearing on my fantasy week. As well as Everton versus Brighton, which will be nice to watch. Everton's scoring for, for fun almost, not really, but relatively. And Brighton doing their thing with the old smash and grabs. And we got Arsenal-Liverpool at 1.30. That's going to be the game of the cinch, I'm hoping. Yeah. Will Aubameyang get the start? Yep. Will Lacazette get the start? Yep. Where's he will be going? He's going to get dropped. After that really poor performance from last week, and then Home we is getting dropped. We might play a little counterattack situation here against Liverpool. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then we end the Saturday with Wolves versus Spurs. Looking for a Wolves one nil result there. Harry Kane is somebody that we haven't spoken much of lately because we didn't really touch on the Tottenham versus Man City game. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> we were hoping nobody would notice. The game was a cinch. Yeah, but for me. I think Harry Kane has been very underwhelming. Yes, he scored in August. That was the big bugaboo for him to break. But Harry Kane with a very low XG, relatively. Ooh, I love a good hasn't, XG stat. Hasn't been taking many shots. But this let me is probably tell you his... this. I think that it's a lot of it has to do with 
Kristen Erickson's been uh, been injured, and uh-huh. so has Deli Ali. Right. So they yeah. both played in the Carabao Cup. I want to say this midweek. And and Spurs had a had a chance to equalize against uh, Man City a few times. Harry Kane with a very nice with a nice lofted ball over. Harry Kane controlled it, shot it, but it hit against the defender. I think it was Laporte. And that was a 1-0 result for Man City So here's via the, Mares. Here's the deal, guys. We got some big plans coming up here. My boy's going to Miami with the girlfriend Tuesday going through to Thursday. Vote. Uh, Illegally. Yeah, I, I didn't want to talk about that. But since we are, nah, they're going to be gone Tuesday through Thursday. So we're going to try to shoot this one off on Monday. Uh just hit us up on Twitter. Let, let us know what you think about these different release dates. You want to hear us on Friday? You want to hear us on Monday? Just let us know. We've been getting a lot of fan engagement lately. Uh, Too much. <laughs> so don't don't hit us up that often, but just hit us up if like you really want to say something to us. And then on Sunday, we got Man City Southampton, which is surely going to be a 4 niller for the old oh, yeah. City boys we're, who we're lost Kevin De Bruyne we're not, we're for probably, six weeks. We're probably not going to cover Huddersfield Fulham. No, probably not, right? And then we have Chelsea Crystal Palace at 11 on Sunday to wrap up the game week. But like my friend Alex over here said, keep an eye out. We're going to be releasing a podcast earlier than usual, probably on Monday afternoon. Yep. So that everybody can just take the time needed to reflect, do, the, do your research. All still with us right now. Vote in this election coming up. And We're I hope that you guys wave. do better in fantasy than I'm doing. I'm on a three-game slide. Losing to Cameron for the second time this season. Get ready to peep our immediate reaction podcast following the Arsenal-Liverpool match. Yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, we will. Let's try and do it. But thanks for listening, guys. You guys, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, You can follow us at WomeFootball on Twitter, on SoundCloud, on Instagram. And uh, we look forward to bringing you guys some of the freshest and best fantasy football coverage coming up here soon. We Yanks, wound, wound out. Oh.